You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am the Bear of Texas, and it's once again my honor to welcome back Steve. How's it going, Steve? It's long time no see. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been able to join you. Uh, cool rainy day here in L.A. Desperately needed the rain because of the drought that we're in, but... Uh, yeah, you know, quite a match day six for the Champions League, and we actually had a rare Thursday game in the Champions League today. We so uh, That's a lot of talking points. Yeah. <laughs> now we know. Now we know who the final sixteen are for the Champions League. Yeah, we do, and uh, a couple of bit of, a couple of bit of shockers. And before we get started, I'd like to announce that Into the Net FC off, uh, was offered an advertising deal for the month of December. And I want to thank all the loyal listeners and thank you, Steve, for helping making this happen. Thank you all very much. And hopefully more of them continue. The show's been growing. I mean, this is it. Hopefully. Well, it's been fun to be along for the ride. Yeah. And, and, and all the loyal listeners, if you ever want to be on, you know, if you live in Australia, if you live in Japan, I mean, I, I will get up at 3 in the morning of my time to do the show with you. I don't care. I will do it. Because you guys made this happen. I want to help you out, too. So, anyway, Match Day 6 was really, I mean... It had it, it just had to end the way it did. And by and by God, Group B was just the ending of it, anything could have happened. I mean, could you imagine had if AC Milan had actually found a way to finish second and Atletico Madrid finished buried last? I mean, I know you would have loved that. Well, I hate Diego Simeone, uh, <laughs> with an but uh, you know, that said, you have to give Diego Simeone and Atletico mad props for going in, getting the job done against Porto. A really foul-tempered game. Uh, three total red cards. Uh, really foul-tempered game, but uh, Atletico, uh, they were able to get the three points. They're going to advance to the round of 16. And then, you know, Liverpool with absolutely nothing to play for on match day six. Uh, Jurgen Klopp empties the bench, 
goes with like eight changes. I mean, the only two real regular starters were Salah and uh, and Sadio Mane, mm-hmm. and they go into Milan. Um, Milan gets an early goal from Tomori, and then Liverpool gets goals from Salah and Origi, and they get the two to one win. They finish perfect, you know, six and zero in group play. Um, very impressive, but yeah, AC Milan last in the group play in this you know total group of death that ended up going to uh, day six. But uh, it was it was pretty compelling stuff on uh, on uh, Tuesday to be sure. It was, and you know the fact that the defense was a bunch of reserve players, and they had, and AC Milan deployed uh, the veteran himself Zlatan Ibrahimovic to be the sole striker, and, and Zlatan was. Not not too much out of him. I mean, from what I said, Giroud has been hurt, so I was surprised that he wasn't on the lineup at all because I wasn't aware of it. But it's Saf racing Milan. I believe this was their first Champions League in seven years, and, and they finished dead last. That means no Europa League, no Champions League, like no European competition at all. Well, and AC Milan is also in Serie A. They're, you know, fighting for the top three spots. I believe they're top right now. Uh, AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Napoli are having a dogfight for the top three in Serie A. But, they are. you know, not, not a really great, great thing um, for Serie A as far as, you know, a, a team with so much history like AC Milan just crashing out. But, um, you know, credit to Liverpool. You know, they, uh, they played hard and, um, you know, they got the win. And, you know, to, to me... Uh, so far, Champions League. I mean, out of group play, for me, the the three most impressive teams for me so far have been Liverpool, Real Madrid, and Bayern Munich. Uh, they have looked all just absolutely formidable. They have, and and speaking of Bayern Munich, we'll get to that soon because we we can't ignore that. But you know, the fact that you know that, that Group B was you know Liverpool just came in there and just squashed everybody and basic and there was like basically competition for second place and yeah I mean Atletico got it but I, I wrote an article on, on this and I said well Simeone and company haven't redeemed themselves yet I mean in order to achieve redemption you know they'll have to actually make a deep run in the, in the Champions League knockout stage and the the uh, the draw for the not for the knockout stage I believe takes place next week although it won't start till February but right speaking of Bayern Munich <laughs> Okay, I think we all knew there was no way Barcelona was going to beat them. I mean, not in Munich. Absolutely not. Well, and Bayern Munich emptied their bench, too. And Bayern Munich was just absolutely dominant. I mean, you know, the the Bavarians are just incredible. And, um, you know, this, this round of the Champions League also certainly showcased a couple of excellent Canadian players. Alfonso Davies just ran riot on the left side against Barcelona. They gave him just fits all night, the Canadian speedster. And then uh, Jonathan Davids uh, with Lille, and we'll get to Lille a little bit later too. You know, he gets a goal in Lille's win at Wolfsburg. Lille won their group too. I mean, that's amazing. That was one of the biggest surprises. I mean, if we're going to talk about, okay, the teams that – for me, were the most impressive. Uh, I mean, in Liverpool, Real Madrid, and Bayern Munich looked just simply fantastic throughout the the six games. I mean, for me, the the three biggest surprises 
out of making the last 16, uh, Lille. Yes, you know, they are the French champs. Uh, but still, you know, in, in that particular group, I'd actually picked um, Seville and Wolfsburg to finish one and two in that group. I I thought Lille was going to be doing good if they could even qualify for the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Salzburg, they made it to the round of 16. Uh, Sporting Lisbon, they were a surprise. And really, really young team. I mean, they, they played um, in their game against Ajax. I mean, they already had second spot in group behind Ajax already uh, assured. So Sporting with a really young lineup. They went with uh, one kid who I think was six, just barely 16 for sporting. And uh, he made that, uh, he played in the game. I think the average age for sporting was just some ridiculous thing like 21, uh, just a super young side. And, uh, you know, great for them that, uh, you know, they've made it to the round of 16 in the Champions League. I can't even think of the last time Sporting has made it, if ever, to the round of 16 in the Champions League. So for the for the defending Portuguese champs who are also running neck and neck with Porto in the Portuguese League, you know, it's a pretty great result. It is, and it's a shame that Borussia Dortmund, you know, I had them, you know, I had them and Ajax, you know, going to the next round, but Borussia Dortmund really, you know, fell down, you know, the injury to Erling Holland really was a devastating blow, but they, I feel like they still could have made a difference without Erling Holland, but, but apparently no, I mean, you know, keep in mind, Sporting is actually advancing via goal differential, because both yeah. Sporting and Dortmund I mean, finished with nine points. Well, fan of the, fans of the Bundesliga, you know, I mean, Bayern Munich, was the only one of the Bundesliga teams that made it to the round of 16. None of the other German teams made it. Leipzig, they'll play in the in the Europa League. Dortmund will play in the Europa League. Wolfsburg finished last in their group. Their European season is done. So, um, you know, overall not a great tournament so far for the for the German clubs. And then Leipzig, you know, for American soccer fans, Jesse Marsh, the American head coach of Leipzig, the domestic results have been really lacking, so he got the axe over the weekend. So he's going to be looking for a new employer. I don't think he's going to be unemployed very long. I think he's a good coach. Um, I just think with the situation in Leipzig and the Bundesliga, he may have just been a little out of his depth to start with. You know, sometimes, sometimes it's just not always a great situation. But, um, but yeah, uh, going back to Lille. Very, very pleasant surprise with that. And then uh, Timothy Weah, another American player, he's played really well with Lille in group play. So uh, really good to see that. And uh, for other fans of French soccer, Paris Saint-Germain with the style points at home against Bruges, a 4-1 to win, two goals from Mbappe and a brace from Messi. You know, and speaking of Mbappe, uh, he broke uh, Messi's record to be the youngest player to score 30 Champions League goals. Yeah, he's he's such a talent. Uh, people in Paris are just going to have to enjoy him for the rest of this half season, you know, because I think it's pretty well a foregone conclusion that this young man will be applying his trade wearing the white of Real Madrid next year. 
but uh, but for right, for that's what's best for him. I but, mean, yeah, but uh, but PSG uh, finishing second in their group, uh, behind Man City, uh, PSG. That's a pretty tough club for whoever's going to draw them. Whoever's going to be a top seed, um, whoever gets PSG, um, they're going to have a dogfight on their hands. I mean, they're they're a team that has enough talent that they can certainly make a deep run in this tournament as well. The problem with PSG is they need to win the title because all that talent, all that money spent, and the problem is. It's pointless if you're not winning the title. And honestly, I really have a feeling that PSG will shit the bed. Whether it's the round of 16 or the quarterfinals, something's going to happen to them because we just know that PSG might make it far, but the pressure eventually gets to them and and, and, thing, and something happens. I mean, like you said, you know, might as well enjoy Mbappe now because, you know, I've said it already. I mean, you know, and I mentioned it in a piece and I've mentioned it several times. He turned down... More than more than half a dozen offers to stay in Paris, and he said no to all of them. I think he's already made his mind. And the problem with PSG well, is, is they don't win. Yeah, they win well, the small domestic titles, but the Champions League is most important. Well, you have two teams that finish second in their group that are going to be really stiff opposition for whoever draws them in the round of sixteen. PSG is one of them. Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea by coughing up a late goal in St. Petersburg against Zenit St. Petersburg. Oh boy! Uh, three, three to three draw for Chelsea means that they finish second in their group. So, you know, you have the potential for a real heavyweight round of sixteen match. I mean, you could theoretically have uh, Chelsea playing. A Real Madrid, or you? I would love that. Or a Juventus. Um, I mean, you know, that would be that would be just inc- just incredible. You know, if you have you know that type of heavyweight matchup. I mean, by the same token, too. I mean, PSG number two team. I mean, they, they could be drawn against Liverpool, Man City, uh, Man United. Um, you know, you have the potential for a very, very high, high-profile round of sixteen team, depending on how the luck of the draw goes. And um, and speaking of uh, Chelsea, you know, and I wrote an article, you know, recapping this is how they could not get it done against Zenit St. Petersburg. They allowed Juventus to win the group because I made specifically that if both teams had won, Chelsea would have won the group because of goal differential. So Juventus. Yep. Took care of business against Malmo, which, by the way, I like to say is Slotin's first club. And Chelsea, I mean, from what I understand, Chelsea was, at one point, I think, losing this game like 2 nothing, or was... I know they were losing at one point, and then Chelsea had well, a great lead, and then... They were up 3-2. They were up, they were up, uh, to um, Pulisic with a nice assist on Werner's goal in the 85th minute. Uh, in St. Petersburg, you had to think that Chelsea had this one in the bag, and then Ozdeo gets a goal in the fourth minute of uh, injury time to give the Russians, you know, a draw, and all of a sudden it hands the group over to Juventus. Um, but yeah, so Chelsea, defending champs, 
you know, whoever they get drawn with, you know, you have the potential for a real, real heavyweight showdown as early as the round of 16. And then, you know, Leal. Leal won their group. So, you know, Leal, you know, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the luck of the draw goes there. Um, and then also for fans of Portuguese soccer, Benfica, they get a two-zip win over Dinamo Kiev. And Benfica, who's won the Champions League slash Champions Cup, I want to say three times, but I think the last time Benfica won it, uh, it's been a while. It was like back in the 80s, I think, the last time that they won it. But, um, you know, uh, it, it's great that uh, the Portuguese league, they get a couple a round of 16. So that's a big thing. League on, you know, that some people refer to as a farmer's league. PSG, <laughs> uh, they get it. The other big surprise, Salzburg. Uh, American International Aronson plays for Salzburg so uh, I, I mean that's the other thing that's kind of cool with this tool with this round of 16 is that you're going to have some some guys from you know the American and the Canadian national teams that are going to be playing round of 16 ball Tim Weo with Leal uh, Aronson with, with Salzburg um, Richards potentially with Bayern Munich and speaking of Bayern with, uh, Munich, with the pull, I'm sorry, go ahead. You, you, you cut off for a second. Elsie. Yeah. Uh, and oh, and, and we can't we can't forget about uh, McKinney, Weston McKinney with yeah. Juventus. We can't. No. So you know the the American midfielder and uh, and you know for me, I think in a lot of ways, I think McKinney is kind of really almost more of the leader for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, for McKinney to get a chance to play Champions League ball with Juventus, I, I mean, it's it's fantastic. It, it is. And, you know, and speaking of Bayern Munich, you know, four French players actually started the game against Barcelona. Bavard, Upe Meccano, uh, Tolisso, Kingsley Coma. So it was good. I think Coma actually had an assist in one of the goals. And, you know, Robert Lewandowski, who, by the way, should be the Battle Dole champion as we speak, you know, it was good to see him play. I mean, he didn't score a goal, but it was good to see him. And uh, I mean, you know, you know the, the fact that Barcelona is not in the Champions League round, knockout game, knockout stage for the first time in twenty-one years. I mean, that's baffling. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But uh, but Salzburg, you know, massive massive surprise for the Austrians to make it into the round of sixteen. And, you know, and speaking, you know, we spoke about Manchester United, you know, this game, you know, unfortunately they couldn't beat young boys, but, you know, Ralph uh, Rang Rangnick, uh, Rangnick, I hope I'm, it's hard to pronounce his name. I hope I'm saying it right. You know, put it in. You know, Reader? Uh, Reader's, Reader's boys was a nice goal. Yeah. And, you know, you know none of the men you starters played, you know, Lingard played, Mason Greenwood, Henderson, you know, Donnie Vanderbeek has actually been playing a whole lot more lately, and. You know, and speaking of the uh, the managerial move with uh, Ralph uh, Rangnick, uh, I really believe that this is actually something huge for Manchester United. I mean, let's not forget Thomas Tuchel, Jurgen Klopp. I mean, they both idolize this guy. I mean, there's a reason why he's considered the godfather of modern-day German football. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, Manchester United, you know, is like on a two-game winning streak in Premier League play. Uh, they, you know, beat Arsenal, which was Michael Carrick's final game in charge as caretaker. And then they had that pretty ugly, but uh, you know, a win's a win. You know, one nothing win against Crystal Palace. So, you know, uh, I think things are, there's going to be some big changes with Manchester United, different tactics and things like that. And you no, know, because we know the style that Ralph Rangnick invented, like. Rather than fall back after losing control of the ball, you immediately fight back to gain control. So, And some people would ask me, like, what does that mean for uh, Cristiano Ronaldo? Because we all know Ronaldo's not really the kind of guy that would... Uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure... He, Ronaldo, as we know, he doesn't play defense. So I'm like, well, at this point, if Ronaldo is looking to play more with his club, you know, he might as well start doing it. I mean, I mean, at, at this point, Rangnick doesn't really care who you are. If, if, you, if he feels you're not suitable, he's going to put you on the bench, so... So beware, Manchester yeah. United. It'll 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 be interesting because, as you say, you know Ronaldo, you know is is not exactly well known for you know busting his ass doing scut work, you know, and hard work uh, in the midfield and stuff. You know, brilliant player. I mean, one of the best players you know in my lifetime to be sure. And uh, but at but at the end of the day what was going on at Man U was not working. So major overhaul is in place. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Oh, we def we definitely will. And, um, you know, and it's, as far as moving it for moving forward, um, you know, it's going to be, you know, something huge. Uh, but, uh, as far as Man U goes, you know, I would definitely expect Van Beek to play more, but, you know, and you know, now that we have a managerial change, we have a guy that I feel like the players really trust. You know, Man U could actually be a dark horse in the Champions League tournament now, a serious dark horse at least. Well, of the English clubs that made it to the round sixteen, I think they're probably the least fancied probably. out of any of the four. That I mean, Chelsea all of a sudden has had a few problems from central defense that have kind of shown up in the last month a little bit. That's still a really formidable side, and they're still the defending champs. Uh, Man City, they're loaded. I mean, they looked really good overall. Liverpool looked really good. Um, so no doubt of the four English clubs that are still left of this, I think Man U may be the least fanced. Doesn't mean that they don't have a great lineup, but you know they, they haven't played to the level of talent that they put out there on the field. They haven't, no, but, but you know, I, I just have the feeling in my gut, you know, Ralph Rangnick is really going to put these players to work big time, especially on defense. But, no doubt. I mean, not only that, but the, the midfield is going to be put to work. Like, the entire team is going to be put to work. I mean, it'd be, I mean, you know, let's not forget, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ralph Rangnick put, you know, when he took over, with when we arrived at RP Leipzig, RP Leipzig was in the fourth tier of German soccer. So he took them from the fourth tier to the top tier. So if he could accomplish that, you know, in his native Germany, I mean, just imagine, you know, so it's obvious, you know, he could do a lot with, with the Red Devils, you know, and he's only going to be manager for six months, and then he'll take a he'll take on a management role, with, which I think is, is brilliant. And sources say that he's going to be heavily involved in bringing in the new permanent manager. So so I'm, exci- I'm really excited for this guy. I really am. I mean, it's time for Manchester you know, United to be great again. Well, I mean, they're through the round 
16. So, I mean, that's something that they didn't do last year. Last year, they ended up falling into the Europa League, made it to the Europa final uh, where they lost to Villarreal. And on the subject of Villarreal, uh, they played in uh, Bergamo, Italy. Their game with Atalanta got pushed back to today because of snowstorm that they had in uh, Lombardy yesterday. So um, the Yellow Submarine went into northern Italy, got three goals early on, and then Atalanta in the second half made the game extremely interesting. Uh, got two goals, and then I want to say in the 85th minute, they hit the post, uh, which would have tied the game. And if that game had finished in a tie, I think Atalanta would have ended up getting the other Euro spot. But uh, but Real just continues to keep punching above their weight. And uh, they're in the round of 16. They're in the round of 16. Barcelona is in the Europa League. Seville in the Europa League. And um, that's, a, that's a trophy that uh, the Andalusians know very well. I want to say they've won, I want to say, five Europa Leagues. Some ridiculous thing like that. So... Uh, uh, the Andalusians have a chance to add another another trophy. But uh, goals by Dan Huma and Capoy for Real, they get the win against Atalanta to punch their ticket to the round of 16. So uh, that was a mild surprise. I had Early on, I picked Atalanta to be uh, one of the two teams to come out of that group to make it to the round of 16. But Yellow Submarine did the job. Mm-hmm. They did. And last thing to talk about, you know, Real Real Madrid, uh, you know, really actually played well against Inter Milan. I, as you mentioned, you know, because I mentioned that I was concerned that Kareem Benzema would not be playing because he picked up an injury in the uh, Liga game. I, th- I believe it was a groin injury, and but you know, it didn't seem to matter. You know, as you, as you mentioned, Real Madrid's loaded and they they got everything, and you know, I, I really believe you know Real Madrid. You know, going to the round of sixteen, Real Madrid could actually. Uh, I mean, who knows what they can do in the round of sixteen? Maybe, maybe all of a sudden they'll be they'll be their old selves again. But. They're a very formidable looking team, and some of these some of these young guys with uh, Real Madrid are really starting to click. And um, you know, who knows? I mean, I think they've got enough talent where it's not out of the realm of possibility where they could get trophy number fourteen Hopefully. for the for. The, I mean, I noticed Eduardo Camavinga, even though he's not been starting, he has actually been getting playing time. He's been coming into the game. So, I mean, he hasn't made the best impact yet. I mean, you know, he's still, you know, I believe he's 19 now. So, you know, he's slowly developing, you know, and, and that's that's how it goes, especially for a young guy like him, you know, for him to move from a small club in France to moving to a heavyweight Spanish club, you know, and he's under the great Carlo Ancelotti. I mean, so obviously, and we know how Carlo Ancelotti, you know, Carlo Ancelotti, Excuse me, Ancelotti, the who might, many say is the goat of Italian uh, managers. You know, he he's going to know how to develop this this young guy, and you know, and and I think you know, Kamavinga's really at a, at a good place. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, they're starting to pull away in La Liga, but um, you know, they've still got you know, very formidable side. Uh, Vinicius Junior is having just. Uh, a fantastic year for for them. Another really good young player also scored a goal against Inter, uh, Marco Asensio. 
So, um, like I said, I think Madrid has looked by far, you know, one of the most impressive teams in the in the early rounds. Now that said, when you get to the round of sixteen, it's a clean slate. Everything that you've done previously, it's out the window, and you know, you just uh, and you also don't know about what other variables come into play. Injuries come into play. Um, players that might be getting called to international duty uh, because you've got the Africa Cup of Nations that's going to be coming up here in um, in January, I want to say. So that's going to take you know some pretty significant talent from some of these teams. Oh, yeah. I know Liverpool. Liverpool is going to get hit hard. They're going to lose Sadio Mane, who's going to play with Senegal. And then, of course, Mohamed um, Salah's playing for Egypt. And, I mean, Liverpool may be without them for three to four weeks. And uh, I don't think it'll affect them as much. I, I mean, I think they have a couple of nations will be over by the time the round of 16 matches are played in February. Uh, but where that's really going to affect Liverpool is going to be in the EPL. I mean, Manchester so, City's probably uh, going to lose Riyad Mahrez, who plays for Algeria. Yeah, but Ar- there's Arsenal no question, though. That... P- Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who plays for Gabon, I believe. Yeah, I'm sorry. Losing Sa- losing uh, Sadio Mane and Salah is much bigger. Yeah, I mean, it is. And, it um... is. You know, considering that, you know, Seneg- Senegal, I'd imagine Senegal and Egypt are both favorites to, uh, to hoist the African Cup of Nations. I mean, Senegal were the runners-up last time. You know, and I've noticed, you know, right now the Arab Cup is going on, and you know, and yeah, and but you know, e- Egypt, I guess, decided, you know, for this one, we don't, they, they're not gonna use Mosul because now they got the African Cup of Nations next. So, but right, it's difficult. But you know, when an international team needs their needs their top players, I mean, it, it, it's a huge conflict. But fortunately, it is what it is. It's it's. I mean, that's just it. I mean, you can't have the African Cup of Nations. During, you know, uh, May through August. I mean, the heat is just so oppressive in most of Africa. You know, January, depending on what part of Africa you're in, it's either more of the dry season and it's not going to be nearly as beastly hot. And for these African players, they want to play for their countries, uh, just like, the you know, the European-based players. They want to play in the Euros for Italy and Spain and France. Well, you know, the African players, uh, they want to play for African supremacy. They want to play for that African Cup of Nations. I know, you know, Jurgen Klopp has made some kind of derisive comments about the African Cup of Nations. But, you know, it's it's an important tournament for Mo Salah and uh, for Sadio Mane. And they should have the ability to be able to play, but... Um, but, you know, you do get into that whole other thing, too, of, you know, who pays the wages. And it's the European clubs that are paying the wages uh, for these players. So, but, uh, but I, I, I mean, my personal opinion, I think Liverpool has a better chance of winning the Champions League than they do winning the EPL. I think going without Salon Mane for three to four weeks, I, I don't know if they can overcome that with them being so tightly matched with Man City, with Chelsea. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that might be a tipping point. It might, yeah. At the league, they've got a legit shot. But yeah, you 
I really believe Liverpool is definitely the team out of the four to look out for as far as winning the Champions League goes. But I mean, Manchester City is loaded, but you know we saw them last year be loaded and then you know only to not get it done in the in the final against a very resilient Chelsea club. But as far as Manchester United goes, I probably see him going as far as the quarterfinals. I mean, uh, the the draw is actually going to be in less than three days, so. Uh, It'll certainly be it'd be interesting, and you know. And b- before we cl- we close it up, I think you you sent me a text earlier mentioning something about the uh, Premier League teams because there's a little, another COVID crisis uh, going on in uh, England. Well, with the with the new variant that's come in, there's a lot of concerns and fears about that. So, you know, though there's going to be questions as far as how many fans are going to allow in games. Uh, fans are going to be mandated to show proof of vaccination. So, um, and I mean, it's it's kind of reared its ugly head in Germany. I mean, the match in Leipzig the other day, uh, that was played uh, in front of an empty stadium. So, um, it's unfortunate that, I, I mean, COVID has affected so many aspects of life all over the world. But it continues to have a, a very, very pronounced effect on, you know, what's going on in soccer as far as teams and stuff like that. Um, you know, Tottenham is decimated. I think their game with Brighton is getting called off this weekend. They've got a bunch of people with positive tests. So, um, you know, that's the other, that's the other red herring in all yeah. this too, along with. Know, regular injuries and who's playing well and who's hot and who's not. What's going to happen with, you know, uh, COVID? I mean, this. I, I, I just I just don't even know what to say, and that's that's a subject that's for a whole other show. But um, but yeah, we'll just have we'll just have to see how all this goes. Um, I will say this: it, it seems like the early indications are with the Omicron is that if you if you've got your vaccines, if you've got especially also if you've got your booster, you know your chances of even if you do get it, your chances are it's going to be fairly mild. It's not going to be a horrific thing. I mean, it's all going to come down to the thing: get vaccines. I mean, that's that seems to be the biggest thing. Um, so. But but that's that's pretty much all I've got to say on that. Right. And last thing, did you hear that story uh, about Sam Kerr? About apparently a a fan decided to, to invade the pitch, and and Sam Kerr apparently to, was not going to have it. Did you hear about that? I saw the video. She laid him out. Yeah, and and she got she got <laughs> yellow she got a yellow card for it too, and. It's a bit conflicted. I, I mean, I'm not sure what to say about it. You know, other than the fact that I always say, well, when somebody invades the pitch, the the players get threatened because you know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, I always, I always bring up the story. You know, th- and this is an incident that you're very familiar with. When back in 2001, 20 years ago, when France played Algeria in an exhibition, and God knows how that ended. Well, that was a whole separate. That was a whole different thing. That was a massive pitch invasion. That was just a whole. That was just a whole ugly scene. That was, that was just, that was just very different. I mean, most of the stuff with these individual pitch invaders, it's like you know what, 
good for Sam Kerr for laying this piece of shit out. You know, I, I, I personally have no problems with it. Um, if a, if a fan decides to invade the pitch, they deserve whatever they get, whatever a player dishes out to them. I agree. I believe, you know, part of me believes, I think she did it because, you know, the, notice the, the fan had a phone out. So my guess is maybe he filmed her. I think that's probably why she wasn't having it. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, it, it kind of, it really yeah. like you just tell he was filming himself. And I think he put, he, he put Sam Kerr in the picture and she wasn't having it. But, you know, the, the bottom line is when you decide to do something that stupid, I mean, come on, seriously. I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Sometimes these players, you know, we've we've seen fans go after players, so you know, you never know when the safety of a player is at risk. I mean, maybe a fan has a knife or something like that. Well, that's just it. You don't know. I you mean, know exactly. I always think about, I always think about poor Monica Salas, you know, who got uh, a knife, you know, years ago at uh, at, a, at a tennis match in Germany. Um, you know, granted that was a whole different era before, you know, you had metal detectors at stadiums and all that stuff, but, you know, you, you, you don't necessarily know what intent, uh, a pitch invader has. And, uh, I saw the video and, uh, Sam Kerr, good on you. Great shot. She's, she's really tough. I mean... One of the most unique celebrations, a hell of a player. I mean, yeah, but part of me, the reason why she went like that is because I really believe, I mean, the, she was already probably pissed the match got interrupted. I mean, that, that that's usually because it breaks concentration, but my guess is is that the player filmed her, and I guess that's it. But, but you're right. I mean, good on her. Good on her indeed. Well, exactly. La- well, ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Steve, thank you very, 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 very much for joining me this evening, and I will, we'll see you all next time. Talk to you later. Everybody have a good rest of your week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.